الله أكبر الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله
call cotton. Then she used to take painstaking time to sit again and undo it. All her work. And she used to repeat this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Majeed Surah Nahal, Do not be like that woman. Don't be like this woman that after she spun her yarn, then when it became very strong, the yarn is strong, she sits and then she untangles it, then she undoes her action. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of his mercy, grace, without us even deserving anything, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the opportunity to witness the month of Ramadan. Many, many a'imma, ulama, shuyukh, elders, masjid came here also to this musalla to explain to the respected musallis and those that are attending here, the objectives, the purpose, the maqsad of the month of Ramadan. And in general, when it comes to the ibadat and when it comes to the prescribed amal and actions which Allah SWT has prescribed for us, there's a deep purpose and there's a deep objective behind each amal. It's not that a person now is approaching the days of, of Hajj and is approaching the days of Eid Al-Adha that now I must go look for a particular type of sheep to slaughter and then on the days of Eid I slaughter my sheep and those that have the ability, those that have been chosen to represent the Ummah of Rasulullah on the faithful plains of Arafat and Muzdalifah and they're going for Hajj. So they go for this Hajj or a person has the ability to go and he goes. That is not just the mere objective of this particular A'mal. I have that amount of wealth in my possession compulsory upon me so I discharge my zakat. Then in a month of Ramadan, I'm witnessing the month of Ramadan so now I will abstain from food and drink and desires from dawn till dusk for 29 or 30 days and I fasted in a month of Ramadan. Do not be like that woman that when she spun her yarn and after she spun it, she untangles. And also not knowing that the yarn has an objective. There's a purpose behind There's a reason that a person doesn't just spin and just, just makes cotton. There's an object behind why the person is spinning the yard. There's an object why a person is fasting. There's an object why a person is slaughtering. There's an object why a person is coming for the day of Jummah to perform the Jummah Salah. There's an objective behind every single prescribed amal that Allah has given us. That a person cannot just fast in a month of Ramadan and he says that I fulfilled the object of Ramadan. Did you even try to understand what was the purpose of fast? What was the purpose and the real objective when a person is approaching the month of Ramadan? A person is approaching, approaching the days of Hajj. A person is approaching the days of Eid Al-Adha. A person is approaching each salah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us opportunity upon opportunity because there's this one purpose behind every single amal which is not confined to a time, to a place, to, to anything. And we must have heard this ayat over and over and over again from our very young days and in the month of Ramadan also we must have heard it and we'll start hearing the next ayat when we come into the days of Eid al-Adha when it comes to the slaughtering of the animal. We'll hear it ayat over and over and over again. When he came to the month of Ramadan, already people already know the meaning of the ayat. I don't even have to, a person doesn't have to even know the, the Arabic language. He already knows this ayat. Maybe for 20 years, 30 years, 15 years, I'm listening to this ayat over again. Uh, 
Taqwa minkum. So I came to the, through the whole month of Ramadan. But did I, did I even know what was the objective of this month? I'm going to be slaughtering animals on the day of Eid. I'm going to be slaughtering an animal on the day of Eid. So I'm going to be looking at what size animal. And a person will slaughter his animal. Maybe he slaughter many, many animals. A person may have undertook and undertaken many soft form of ibadat in a month of Ramadan. Many, many forms of ibadat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts all our a'mal. What a great, oh, I can say, momentous achievement that the ummah of Rasulullah s.a.w. does in a month. It's something that you cannot uh, uh, undermine and look away from. Every single ummah of Rasulullah s.a.w., every single one of us, there was some sort of ibadat, some sort of tilawat. What, what an achievement. Don't ever underestimate it. Don't ever undermine it. The turning of the pages of the Quran, the zikr and the azkar, the salawat of Rasulullah s.a.w. That the hajjud salat that the person had the opportunity of making, the person was he was rectifying his amal, he was rectifying his akhlaq. When he came to sadaqat al-fitr, he made and he made a concerted effort that I have to do the shad my zadat, the shad my sadaqat al-fitr. When it came to feeding others, when it came to being uh, what's it, generous with regards to his spending, his spending on people from eating the iftar, his what a joyous occasion month of Ramadan. But that's not the object. That's not the object of the month of Ramadan. Those that worship the month of Ramadan verily understand that the month of Ramadan is gone, but Allah still remains. Like in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sahabra anhu were going helter-skelter, and Umar anhu is standing by the door of the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he's making this proclamation that whoever is saying that the Nabi of Allah has passed away, he's not dead. He's like Musa al-Islam, he's going to speak with Allah, and he's coming back, and he's going to chop, chop off the head, and the feet, and the legs of the munafiqeen. His mission is not complete. But when Umar, when Abu Bakr Anhu came, when Abu Bakr Anhu came, what he said? Those that worship Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, verily he has passed away. But those that worship Allah, hayyun qayyum, hayyun qayyum. The month of Ramadan is there to acquire the taqwa. But many, many a person does not understand what is the real essence and the meaning of taqwa. It's not that of an increasing of ibadah. That is part and parcel of a Muslim's life. It's not supposed to be such that when a person say the deen of Islam is not uh, is not there's different types of Islam. Allah Taala says that you don't fall into these categories of certain types of Islam. There's a type of Islam where there's a pick and choose Islam. Certain parts of Islam I will act on, and certain parts of Islam it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me, so I leave it. There are certain types of Islam which is a cultural or custom Islam. Certain customs and certain cultural uh, events or certain cultural actions happen in a particular place. And because there is the abundance of Muslims in that particular area, and the custom of that particular area is like this, it becomes part and parcel of Islam. Or the Islam that I'm following. Everybody follows me. If it's not, if you don't follow me, you're going to handle. There's only my way of Islam. No other way of Islam. That's not Islam. Islam is not based on the time. Islam is not based on the place. Islam is not based on a culture or custom. Islam got to do with ibadat, obviously, our actions with regards to the hukuk of Allah, fasting, salah, zakat, hajj, that's on its place. Then you have mu'asharat and mu'amalat and akhlaqiyat. This is integral part of Islam. So in the, in the month of Ramadan, a person, he increased or he initiated ibadat. Maybe before the month of Ramadan, there wasn't some sort of ibadat or there was some sort of person increased 
it or person never had but he started initiating when he came to his muasharat and his muamalat with dealings with people and dealings in monetary finances then a person was saying no, I'm fasting I have to discharge my zakat I have to do this I have to do that when it comes to muasharat and when it comes to his muamalat and when it comes to his akhlaqiyat no, I'm fasting I'm not going to I'm not going to fight so a person puts aside certain aspects but in general, generally, a person says, no, I'm fasting. But the object of the fast, the obligation falls off his shoulders because he fasted. But the real essence of fasting never attained. I'm going to slaughter an animal on the day of Eid. The obligation falls off his shoulders, but the real essence of slaughtering an animal never attained. I'm going for Hajj. The obligation falls off. I pay off, I pay off my zakat. The obligation falls off. But the real essence of that amal never attained. He never achieved it. So maybe a person feels that taqwa is that I must initiate ibadat. I increase ibadat. That is not taqwa. Ibadat is an integral part of a Muslim's life. It's not supposed to be that a person initiates certain form of ibadat because of a time of a place. I mean, hajj, I have to read five times salah. It's the month of Ramadan, I have to read my salah. So when it's out of Ramadan, then there's no salah. So where's the taqwa? What is taqwa? What is the essence of taqwa? What is the real objective of fasting? What's the real object is this taqwa? More than ibadat. More than ibadat, taqwa means that I will refrain. Remember this, brothers. I will refrain from all those things which Allah SWT prohibited me from. That is taqwa. That is taqwa. Otherwise, I can fast. A person fasts. That person who does not abstain from, from evil talk. Allah Ta'ala is not in need of that person that whilst he's fasting, he doesn't abstain from, the, from, from using his tongue incorrectly. So Allah Ta'ala is not in need of him re, uh, refraining from eating and drinking. So whilst he's fasting, he thinks he's fasting. Inshallah, the obligation falls off his shoulders. He fasted, the obligation is there. But the person is still swearing. A person is still talking ill. A person is still backbiting. A person is still slandering. A person is still using the tongue incorrectly. So that person did not really attain the object of fasting. A person utilized his eyes incorrectly. A person was utilizing his mind incorrectly. A person was utilizing the body parts, the limbs incorrectly. So the person did not attain taqwa. He mentions, لا يراك مولاك من حيث نها. That a person must be conscious because taqwa is not confined, confined to a particular time. Taqwa is not confined to a particular culture or custom of uh, what I follow. Taqwa is all the time, every place. Wherever you are, that is taqwa. The month of Ramadan, it reminds a person that during the day, I'm refraining from that which is halal. Mawlana Ilyas was even explaining now in the last few days of the month of Ramadan, a person can collect rainwater straight from the sky. Halal, no intervention, no, no intervention from any person. Straight halal water he collects straight from the sky. But it's put in front of him in a time of fasting. It's halal. It's tayyib, it's nourishment. I'm fasting. I can't drink. Even if he's alone, nobody is watching him. The person can have the weakest form of iman, but the month of Ramadan is teaching him that Allah is watching him. So if how a person refrains from that which is halal, how much more must a person refrain from what from that which is haram? Then a person is attaining taqwa. That is the whole reason. That is the taqwa. Now we come out of the month of Ramadan. Now 
Now a person has to assess, a person has to take an assessment, a person has to look, did I even achieve 50 Ramadans, 20 Ramadans, 35 Ramadans? I was bulug this particular age. I'm already 40 years old. What, how much progress did I have, did I make with regards to this objective of Ramadan? Hajj, the days of Hajj come, the days of Qurbani come. So many, 30 years, 40 years I'm alive in this world. How much I'm seeing, I'm slaughtering a sheep, the submissiveness of the sheep. How submissive it is. I take it this way, I take it that way, I put it on the floor. How I slaughter it after it is chopped up. I'm ready, it's ready to give its life for me on a day of Qiyamah. It's ready to assist me on the Sirat. Where am I with regards to assisting the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How much of submissiveness within me with regards to the commands of Allah? When it comes to my business, when it comes to my marriage, when it comes to uh, akhlaq, when it comes to mu'amalat, when it comes to mu'ashara, that is the deen of Allah ta'ala. The deen of Allah ta'ala, not just ibadat. I read my five times salah. A person got his, got his five times salah intact. But then he, uh, his salah is not preventing him from fahsha and munkar. In the masjid, the big buzruk at home. Allah, but the wife and it are shivering in, 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 in the shop. And we come to the employees and ask them, how's boss? Don't talk to me about, don't talk to me about how he swears and how he does this. But in front of Allah and the musallah, then is of them. That is not taqwa. That is not taqwa. When it comes to my appearance, when it comes to my, the, the sunnah of Rasulullah, when it comes to my eating, when it comes, yet Allah, ittaqil maharim, ittaqil maharim, takun a'abad al-nas. Fear that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden you from, you will become the greatest slave of Allah. And that is our objective. Ittaqullah, haytuma kunt. Fear Allah, wherever you are. That is the object of the a'mal of Allah That is the objective of deen. That is the objective of our whole life. That ihsan, uh, that worship Allah as if you are watching him, as if you are looking at him. That is ihsan. And if you cannot reach that level, at least know that Allah is watching you. So now when a person sees the moon of Ramadan, then certain actions are put aside. And when a person witnesses the, the moon of Shawwal, then his actions start again. So what did the person achieve? He spun that yarn, like that lady, she spun it, but after that, dismantling and un- untwining. So what did the person really achieve? So I'm going to carry on like this for 30 years, for 40 years, Allah Ta'ala gave me life for 50, 60, 70 years. What did I achieve then? Then there's no achievement. There's nothing I got. The objective of what's, what they're supposed to get, I never get it. So why am I doing it? So really ask the question. We are already one week out of the month of Ramadan. Those that are worshipping in the month of Ramadan and those that are worshipping Allah. We can see which group we are in. So we make this earnest appeal. We make this earnest appeal for myself as well. And all of us, you know, myself included first. The worst from amongst the whole much without a shadow of doubt. Get, get, get the taqwa. Like when, and I'll conclude with this. But now there's lunch now. People have lunch now. Month of Ramadan, you can still take another five minutes now. Out of Ramadan, person, first Ramadan, first Friday after Ramadan, one is dull and rice. And then I took long. When Umar al-Anhu and his slave were walking, and we all know this, all of us, you get to ask the youngsters, he comes in the Fazail Amal, and when he was resting in his night patrol, and he comes by the door, and that mother, she's telling the daughter that please mix water in the milk. But I just played Baran Islam, all our businessmen that are sitting here, and all of them, Profession in that, we listen to the story. But where's our taqwa? Where's our taqwa in our dealings? Where's our taqwa in our dealings? Where's our amanat dari in our dealings? We can listen to the story, but how much do we apply it? Such a simple story. And she's telling her mother, how can I mix milk inside the water, uh, water inside the milk? Where Umaran, he, he told her to refrain from this. She's, Umaran is outside with his slave. They were so tired during the night patrol, they were leaning against the door, leaning against the wall. They don't know he's outside. 
So she's telling him that, she's telling her that Amran will told us that we cannot do this. The mother is saying, but he's not here. How will he know? What she replied? I must obey him when I'm around him. I must obey him when I'm around him. And I must disobey him when he's not here. Amran, when he gets up and he tells his slave, mark this door. Mark this door. They carry on. In the morning, he tells his slave, go find that particular house. Goes and finds out this is a particular girl, particular mother. He gathers his, his son. Who wants to get married? Who wants to get married? I don't have the need of getting married. Any one of your my four sons, any one of you got married? Abdullah ibn Umar, many of them. No, no, one, one of the sons said, no, I have the hazard of getting married. Who doesn't want to get married to the son of the Khalif? She gets married to this particular son of Umar al-Anhu. And from that progeny, this particular girl, she's the grandmother of Azar Umar bin Abdul Aziz rahmatullah. Umar bin Abdul Aziz rahmatullah, who was the Khalifa of the Muslims for two years in 1999 AH. 101. What in him had the blood of Umar? What in him had the blood of this woman, this girl who had the fear of Allah? The taqwa. Businessman, where's our taqwa and aman the dad in our transactions? Simple thing like that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us elevated status in the, on, on the day of Qiyamah. When they were traveling in the desert and I conclude with this, and this particular shepherd who does not have any connection with civilization, with ulooms, with darulooms, with madrasas, with people, he's in the desert with his sheep. Nobody looking at him, nobody overlooking him, he's there. Uh, Abdullah ibn Umar, they come, they tell the shepherd, please, can you please give, me, give us some milk to drink? I don't have no permission. This sheep belongs to my master. I'm the slave. He told me explicitly not to give anybody milk from any of this particular sheep or goats. Umar is amazed. In the middle of the desert, Pawey, Pawey, youngsters, who's overlooking us? Who's watching over us? When I'm sitting in the barber's chair, in the, in the salon, I'm going out in my campus. Who's overlooking me? Who's overwatching me? Who's watching every action of mine? I can be very far from my family. I can be very far from my friends. I can be, I can be in my own bedroom, overlooking my shoulder all the time with my phone, making sure the curtains are drawn. I'm going to the door to make sure the door is locked. But who's watching me? Omar Anu decided, let me test this particular man. He comes to me and tells me, please, my brother, why don't you sell me one of the sheep? You keep the money. We will benefit. You will benefit. What was the words that came out of the shepherd? Shepherd's mouth. Shepherd's mouth. For ain't Allah. Where's Allah in this? Where's Allah in this? Ask the question, where, where's Allah when I'm... I can be under the blankets. I can be inside my office. I can be on that computer or with that cell phone. For ain't Allah. That is the essence of taqwa. That is what we're supposed to acquire in the month of Ramadan. That's what the person is supposed to be acquiring in this different times Allah has given us now to come to the ayyam of Aj and Qurbani. فَأَيْنَ Allah. Where is Allah? So Allah gave us a tawfiq, understanding that we try to inculcate the objective of taqwa, to refrain from guna and sin, to fulfill the commands of Allah and utmost ability, my appearance, my demeanor, my mu'amalat, my mu'ashirat, my akhlaqiyat, and when it comes to my ibadat, taqwa governs me. So then I can stand on the day of camp, which is 50,000 years long. I sacrifice a little bit of my khayishat and my desires, where I don't even have, I won't even love more than 60, 70. I'm, if I'm 70, 80, I'm already on extra time. I will sacrifice a little bit for a day, which is 50,000 years long. Where's the logic behind it, where I will sacrifice 50,000 years for 50 years? Where's the logic? And youth, youth, my dear, you that are sitting here, how long is your youth? How long is your youth? Your youth is only 12 to 
thing years let me purge or let me sacrifice some of my desires of 15 of 20 years that 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 i will be under the ibadat of allah taala for just a bit 15 or 20 years i will be under the shade of allah subhanahu wa taala for 50000 where's the logic now where's the logic now allah subhanahu wa taala give us tawfiq and allah accept all our ibadat and our amal and allah taala give us understanding wa akhir da'wan alhamdulillah